Can a marriage survive infidelity? We dig deep to explore this thorny question. Join me, Jean-Claude Chalmet, and founder of The Place Retreats and a featured columnist for The Times, with Amy Cooper and Louise Daniels, on The Place Retreats podcast. Search Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite Android app. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is Rich Wilson, host of the podcast Insane in the Membrane, where we talk to funny and interesting people about men's mental health. People like James Acaster. Because we won't talk about emotions because we think that's bad. We won't talk about feelings because that's bad. So they've, they've had to rebrand it and go, <laughs> it's mental health. Go, oh, oh, talk, oh, yeah. yeah. Mental. Our, our brains are so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty clever. Uh, like, like, okay, I'll get, I'll get into my mental health. Yeah, that's it. I like puzzles. <laughs> and Rob Beckett. I've never even done a school play. <laughs> I did some open mic gigs. Uh, Did the Edinburgh Fringe, got on, somehow got on the telly. And I'm on the other side of the world in the jungle doing nights. <laughs> following out and deck. People like Mark Steele. I used to be in a home and I didn't get on with me. My dad was in a, a asylum by then. I suppose we ought to talk about that, shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, given the premise of the, the podcast. Search Insane in the Membrane from wherever you get your podcasts. Brand new episodes every Thursday at 6pm. Welcome back to your next episode where we interview experts and interesting people about midlife. I'm Louise. And I'm Amy. And today we're at the News Building, home of The Times and The Sunday Times, to interview Lorraine Candy, who co-hosts the new Times podcast, Postcards from Midlife, with Trish Halpin. Uh, Trish can't be with us today, but hello, Lorraine, and thank you for having us. Hello. Hello. Welcome to News. Thank you. Uh, both Lorraine and Trish have championed campaigns on education and equality. Lorraine's 51 and editor-in-chief of the Sunday Times Style magazine, luxury content director, as well as the parenting columnist for the Sunday Times magazine, and was previously editor at Elle magazine for 12 years and Cosmopolitan for four. Trish is 52 and an award-winning editor with 20 years in charge of magazines such as Marie Claire, In Style and Red. Is that Exciting. all correct? Yes, Good. that's all correct. Thank you very much. <laughs> so a really, really impressive um, credentials there. And we could do a whole podcast, uh, podcast episode, as I was saying earlier, on your career, um, because I was doing my homework and it was really absorbing. Um, <laughs> Thank but, you. <laughs> but of course, our focus is midlife. And so today we want to hear all about postcards from midlife, your podcast, which addresses 
all of the unique uh, challenges that come at this stage in our lives through interviews, as I said before, with experts and, and women sharing their experiences. First of all, Lorraine, you and Trish have been friends for 20 years. Um, I think since we were both 25, so uh, 25 wow. odd years. Okay, yes. and that friendship it really shines through in the podcast. Yeah. It really, really does. I, I love the dynamic I between you. <laughs> we are opposites, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Say. But yes. you're great friends and it really, that shines through. So does this feel very, very different to the other work that you do? M much more yes. personal, I'm assuming. Yes, it is, because the other work I do is editing a magazine, creating digital content um, and writing, just reams and reams of writing. So it's quite nice to do something that's quite immediate and instant and with someone I really like. Yeah, and it's quite relaxing very sitting down and doing it. And... Yes, because normally throughout all of our careers we've been working on rival magazines. So if we've been out or we've been together and we've been really lucky, we do a lot of the fashion shows together because mm. we've worked on fashion magazines so we often sit next to each other for sort of a three-week period. But we've not really been able to share and talk because we're on rival competitive yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. places and we're all trying to you know make our money and make our magazines mm. better and get our own exclusives. So this is nice because we can talk about anything. And yeah. also we've shared a very different journey throughout our right. careers, particularly personally, yeah, I think. Yeah, right. And do, are your um, families friends? And... No, they're not. We have very... She lives in South London, I live in North London. We're both very busy. Yeah. I think we're the main thing about Trish and I is we're from a very similar, normal, working-class mm background when you know we didn't do spectacularly academically but we made our way <laughs> yeah. from where we were not in London outside of London we yeah. made our way to where we are so we Did hope you we're as professionals then yes yeah. yeah we met as editors at the time I think I just moved I think I was still on Marie Claire at the time I've worked on newspapers and magazines yeah, yeah. And we just we just really got on really got on yeah yeah it, like you say it's it feels like a very authentic friendship i just love the way you just occasionally you, one of you dismisses the other like to be ridiculous yeah <laughs> well i think the good thing Who's about the more dramatic well i would like to say i am but i feel <laughs> trish might be underneath it all but the thing main thing about our friendship we don't see each other much right so we have a lot to talk about when yeah. we meet we're not deep in each other's lives yeah. so we can and we can take a separate view and I think there's something to be said to have friends like that that you're not I mean I have a very close friend who I probably whatsapp about 20 times a day and mm. we, we would be very worried if we hadn't heard from each other by eight right. o'clock in the morning yeah and then I have other friends that I see once a year and then I have a very solid group of friends I go on holiday with and friends in various different mm. groups I think it's really important to have friendship yeah. absolutely and yeah. I have a new friend I made a new midlife friend as well who oh. I absolutely <laughs> Adore. Yeah, I know. Surely through your children? No, oh. this was very exciting. <laughs> through my absolute loathing of yoga mm. and everything it stands for, I <laughs> met a yoga teacher who oh. I'm completely in love with and she's amazing, Nadia. And she has changed my oh, outlook my on goodness. the world and we just have a really lovely time what? together. So, well, how did you meet her then if you hate yoga? I had to go, like... I was writing a piece on, on oh. being a yoga denier. And um, obviously Trish has been doing yoga for a million years. Um, <laughs> and Nadia, as a person, I've just really liked her. And I thought, how nice to have a friend in the part of your life that doesn't know all the back yeah, knowledge, hasn't what... seen you dancing to Abba with your pants on yeah. your head and all of that, <laughs> Has just knows you now mm, formed mm. a bit more. It, and it's been, and I know she's the same age and she's, Does she have she's formed a lot a bit of children. More. 
No, no. she doesn't. No. Okay, but sorry. She, she, There's she, a yoga no. teacher who I know in North London who's They're got about five or six Nadia. kids. I know. Well, that's a stereotype, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Amy Nadia. went on a yoga retreat in Ridiculous. January to India. Yes. I know. Now I'm feeling rather silly about that. I was smug and self-righteous Each before. Each to Actually, I would strongly advise yoga at this stage of life. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it's on prescription yeah. it's very <laughs> it's really it really centers you it makes you feel happier in your body and mm-hmm. you don't get covered in sweat and feel competitive so you do and, and martyr about it so do you i do, do now yes. you do now she's a convert nadia, she's yes nadia, oh. yes she's the one because what did you hate about it before the arming and the lululemon yeah. leggings <laughs> Not, i love i love the lululemon leggings now because they really work but um <laughs> that whole uniform of the young girl prancing about yeah. doing putting her leg behind her ear and I just I'm not very flexible and I knew that it would be ridiculous I would just feel like I was trying to be in the circus if I went so <laughs> I decided that it wasn't for me but actually as it turns out it, it is, is. Yeah, it also you have to find it you yeah. have to find that your, slows yourself. you down yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's the key it slows you down yeah. helps with the cortisol I'm looking for I've said to you haven't I, I well, want to the last thing you said to me Louise, I don't want any of that namaste bullshit <laughs> yeah. is what you said to me <laughs> I so I don't feel like you were open <laughs> to the idea <laughs> quite frankly or touching me that's no. the first thing I remember <laughs> saying to God. if you touch me in yeah. this I'm out. I'm one to one <laughs> yoga session yeah. I'm out of here quicker <laughs> than you can do a headstand yeah. so but it is the thing to do at this time of life I'm still looking for yeah a local yoga it helped me sleep. Be, it? Yes, well, midlife takes your sleep away. Yeah. So, and it re- it really did help me mm. sleep mm. in a way that, I mean, I've done a lot of excessive exercise in various different forms, but mm. it, that and my swimming helped me mm. changed everything. I guess they're sustainable going forward, aren't they? Your knees and your hips and everything with running and yeah. you're doing such hard impact. It's, it's hard to keep that going, whereas swimming and yoga is a realistic thing. Well, I looked thing. on... I wanted a future plan, because I like things to be database and scientific and prove <laughs> things to me. And when you future plan what you might be able to do in your 70s and 80s, actually yoga and swimming is kind of what's left yeah. for you unless you're, you know, yep. very, very athletic. You'll be doing Zumba at 85, will you? No. Ever in my life. <laughs> I would never once do Zumba. My knees were terrible the next day. It's not for me. Um... Can you tell us about your swimming? It's cold water swimming? Open water, water. cold water swimming, which I do without a wetsuit because it's just... It's, there is a tremendous amount of science around yes. it and it's incredibly good for your mental health. So it kind of slows your system down. It it puts you into a fight or flight response that you learn to deal with, your body learns to deal with. And it's it's just, I don't know, no matter how awful the first minute is, and the first minute is pretty awful and you think you're a lunatic, for the rest of the day, 24 hours... 48 so, hours after you, sort of you feel after amazing. Right, yeah, okay. I used to do a lot of running and that endorphin high that they talk about, you get it with, with cold water swimming. And, and also just you meet the most amazing community of yeah. women. I've met all round Britain, complete strangers, women going through a similar thing, very hot women as well, <laughs> um, <laughs> who have become really great friends of mine. And, you know, it's a very welcoming 
community wow. and I meet a lot of women who've had a lot of really severe mental health problems a lot of issues with anxiety recovering from cancer families changing midlife really crippling them and completely swaying them off course and it's just wherever we've and I do it with a very small group of friends of mine who are mad as I am about don't mind the cold <laughs> um, and we've just had such amazing adventures you can't talk while you're swimming either so you can you really be on your own isn't you it? have to meditate yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do cold water swim all the way through the year. So in the summer, we properly do lengths and lengths and we've done events. And we did this because we just had to do something in midlife that we would remember for the rest of our life. Um, a small group of friends of mine, we swam Lake Geneva, which is twice the length of the channel. So it'd be like swimming to France and back. And we did it, six of us did it in a relay with our swim coach. And um, we had to hire a yacht and we had to go, it took two days, 30 30 hours, I think we did it in the end, non-stop. And it was just the most extraordinary adventure. Mm. And you know what? I am the slowest open water swimmer on God's earth. I mean, there will be people doing it, dragging a log faster than me. But I am front crawl, slowly plodding along, finding my way and really loving it. And yeah, we had such an adventure. It was so amazing. I'm just thinking of anyone who's listening, how, how would you go about finding out where you're near, do you just Google it? You Google your nearest Lido and you you don't go straight in and stay in for ages, otherwise you'll die of hypothermia. And I've been in a hypothermic state by accident oh, yeah. before, but we, you go to your nose, or actually the Outdoor Swimmers Society so swimmer on organisation who can Yeah, help. you join it on Facebook yeah. and you say, who lives near me? Would someone accompany me? What time do the groups go? Is there a, um, a lifeguard on for this? But you have to be really safe about it yeah. and check it. And Louise, we should Google our nearest and let's do it. And I think I that could be a whole episode. Yeah, it's um, the outdoor I'll put swimming it in the show notes as well for anyone else that's interested. So. It's just, a, it really is yeah. truly amazing. They've been so wow. friendly and loving and welcoming. For I us. do the. Um, Good. Mummy stroke, though. Brilliant. Keeping that, your hair dry. Like that. That's I, I, I've never been able... Does that matter? You start... That's how I started. You start like that and then you think, then oh, I'd quite like to you how to do, do it that. properly. Someone, mm. I've had a lot of lessons now because oh. we've done quite a few um, lake events Ooh. and river lakes. events. So. Oh, you see, that just... It's all muddy under your feet, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it that doesn't bother me I've got my friend Lisa who I swim with is convinced there's a shark in every bit of water we get in and she'll think, what touched me what touched me what touched me and she does it she still, still does it yeah. okay we, yeah, we have so I will be that you've that got to face your fear Louise <laughs> yeah, but I really fancy it but you don't go in in a wetsuit then no, I get very claustrophobic in a wetsuit. I did um, a mini triathlon and I couldn't breathe and had a massive panic attack in the water because it felt so tight. Oh. I mean, I swim in Cornwall a lot um, because I'm from there and I might wear a wetsuit there because it is quite rough sometimes. Mm. But mm. Um, I've met some amazing people in Cornwall on the North Cornwall wow. Owls, open mm. water leisure swimmers. Yeah. Shout out wow. to them. Wow. Shout out to the owls <laughs> down there. Tony and his cake, Sharky Khan. <laughs> We, uh, we obviously touched on, on menopause before. Can you take us back to when you started having those conversations about noticing changes? And well, so I'm 51, 52 this year. Um, I've got four children, had my first when I was 33, my last when I was 43, been married for um, nearly 20 years. And it's a similar uh, conversation with Trish and her background. But when I was 45, I wrote a piece for Elle magazine about suddenly experiencing anxiety. Now, I'm 
kind of bulletproof. I've had a very highly stressed life. There's no mm. mental health issues in my family. And I was able to just keep working. You know, I was able to negotiate a, a nine-day fortnight. I negotiated leaving at five on time. All of these things, I was capable, I was in control. Robust, yeah. Robust, and mm. I felt on it. Mm. And then when I was about 45, I just kept having, I just kept forgetting everything and I couldn't work out why I couldn't remember anything. And then I remember having a massive panic attack on the doorstep. I came out of the front door and I was, I was just frozen. I couldn't, I didn't want to go to work. I was, it was in the morning. I'd done the school drop off and everything. And then I just, I was in such a dire, sweaty panic. And I, I thought, well, maybe something's wrong with me. Maybe I've got a brain tumor and that's I what didn't. this is. And I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> breathe. I had to sit down. I had to call my husband and say, can you come back? I, I can't seem to go anywhere. And it was so bizarre. Mm-hmm. Terrifying probably for weird. all of the people around you if, you. if you're just such a coper normally. Yes. And to- I thought, how weird. And then I sort of, it took about an hour, sorted myself out, went to work and thought, that was a bit odd. How unusual. I thought, there must be something wrong with me. I'll do some more exercise. So um, I took up, I just thought maybe the stress is, this is just a buildup of stress. Kids are quite, little ones quite young. Mm. Um, so I took uh, I took up some boxing. I thought, I'll learn boxing. And I met my friend Kathy, who used to be a, a world-class boxer. And we did a bit of CBT together because she thought that would help. And then I realised it was, and I wrote a big, piece about it and I wrote a piece in the Daily Mail about it sort of the onset of anxiety at this age blah 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 at no point even though I wrote a piece in the Daily Mail for millions of readers online at no point did anyone contact me and say do you think at 45 you might be perimenopausal why don't you go to your GP didn't go to GP two years on and off dealt with it you know, because I did need more exercise and I did need to um, change my lifestyle and be slightly healthier um, and less stress and recognise that stress was not, I wasn't dealing with it as well, so I wouldn't say yes to things, I could say no to them. And then I went to the GP when I started to sweat to death in the night. Yeah. <laughs> Another and, massive clue. <laughs> I mean, really, no shit, Sherlock, is what we would say now. Um, so I went into the GP. Uh, it took five weeks to get an appointment, and I had to say to the male receptionist, yes, I need to come and talk about the menopause. I felt terrible ringing in, saying I was in the mm. middle of a meeting, and the phone rang back to make the appointment. I thought, I've got to come and talk about the menopause. Yeah. And I went to the GP, and he said, I did, what do you want? And I said, well, I don't, I don't know. He said, I don't really know what to offer. Shall we do, do some antidepressants? And I said, well, I'm really hot at night. I'm covered in sweat. I can't really sleep anymore and I can't handle stress. I can't remember anything. My joints really ache. Um, And he said, do you want antidepressants? And I said, I don't know, because I just don't think all those things are related to that. Um, I'm a journalist. I hadn't even Googled it. (laughs) For God's sake. Google, I mean, this was 10 years ago. Was it SG? Did you ask? Yeah, no, it was, I could easily have done it. And, you know, lots of my friends are doctors. Lots of my friends are big medical journalist, bizarre. Anyway, so didn't Google it and said no to the antidepressants, but the doctor said, I, one of the other doctors in the surgery is an expert on this. She, perhaps she would be better to see, so I wait another five weeks. And then I saw her and she said, well, I think let's test HRT. I can't say she was overwhelmingly enthusiastic and I basically presented the problem as I've done all my research, I feel that this would be a good mm. <laughs> prescription for me. Just give me the HRT. Yeah. And 
I was prescribed something which I have written about recently, which wasn't quite right. It was um, oestrogen and progesterone, but it was an odd mix. I went to see Dr. Louise Newson, mm. um, who said, I don't understand why you've been prescribed this, I'd, right. but I'd been on it by t- yeah. for two years by that mm. point. So some symptoms had gone, but not, and no point, no one talked about testosterone. or. Um, so that was kind of my journey, and really... It's a shame I wasted five years. Now, my symptoms of de- kind of depression or anxiety were not severe enough for me to do anything really silly, but I could have done mm. because there were times when I felt completely mad. Mm. And I've had so been... many women contact me since mm. we yeah. did the piece. Mm. Um, recent, we did a piece in Style magazine about it. And since Trish and I started saying, I have left my job, I shouldn't have left my job. I have left my husband, I shouldn't have left yeah. my husband. Yeah. It just feels like there's a shocking, shocking lack of care about what is happening to women. And so many myths that a kind of massive scandal is brewing around it, really. Yeah. And there was no conversation around it five five years no. ago either. No. Um, because I had very similar anxiety, aching joints were my big, you know, anxiety and forgetfulness. Um, and I sort of self-diagnosed myself. Maybe I thought, maybe I'm bipolar. Maybe I've got a brain hemorrhage. Uh, maybe brain hemorrhage. Maybe I'm suffering from depression. And But none of those things felt no. right. And then I got Liz Earle's book, and read yes, it, and then the, I think yeah. it's the second chapter. She puts a list, and I was just going through, going, yep, 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 check, yep, check, yep, yep, check. all of those things, and then getting the book out and showing my friends who are all my age, you know, and going, look at this, you know, because we'd all been talking about it. About- well, I think there's a level, there is a level of pain that women are expected to just endure yeah. on a regular mm. basis, anyway, mm. and there's a lot of theories around the, the kind of feminist thoughts around female pain because we have to put up with things at a much higher level yeah. than men. We just just need to deal with it. Yeah. And I think part of us internally thinks, I just need to deal with this. I think if I'd been a man presenting with those issues, mm. maybe more serious mm. tests have would be. And I don't blame GPs because it's a lot to learn. It's yeah. a lot to take on. It's just not mm. in their training and or their, not in their training. thinking. No. So it's why like we say know? quite a lot, there is an element of having to take responsibility uh, yes, uh, uh, to go and do that research uh, ourselves, yeah. but but I guess as we move forward now, podcasts like yours and and even people, it just being more something that people are more. Up but for I'm not talking about. about a niche illness that no, affects no, a court, no, you know, no. one in twenty five million people. I'm talking about something that affects half yeah. the population. So why don't people know about it? Can I ask about? Um, like, so did your mum ever say to you, oh, you know, I had a terrible menopause? No. Brain. Like, no. She would buy her tampons and cup bags that were covered up so you couldn't see them. That's the kind of right. generational shift. I, I'm going to do a massive name drop now. I was interviewing Gillian Anderson about this, and one of the things we were discussing, um, she's the same age, is there are so many women our age who will suddenly remember their mum's going mad and say, oh, well, of course, my mum did, you know, she did this, she did that. Mm. And then you think, well, she wasn't going no. mad. She was going through yeah, <laughs> very menopause. Together. Yeah, you look yeah. back and put the pieces together. Mm. I definitely remember an element. I mean, I left home at 16, so I wasn't sort of face-to-face um, with it. But I do remember my mum being confused and just felt quite depressed mm. for a long time. And that must have been around early 40s. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
So where do you feel you're at now? Are you managing? I'm really happy now. Well? I went to go. I went to see Dr. Louise Newson, who's a leading expert for a piece I was writing. Um, we went through everything, and I had a personal consultation with her as well, which I paid for separately to the piece. And that's really, I'm on the right dose. The testosterone has made a massive difference mm. to me, being able to focus and remember things you know I have to think so you can't get testosterone on the NHS you can't get testosterone on on the NHS and we for a myriad of bizarre reasons that are just simply that you can't get it for menopause on the NHS Mm. you can get it for other things you just can't get it um, as part of this prescription I don't know the exact details Louise explained it to me it took half an hour and I thought I was just because it's women yeah. <laughs> that's what you it boils can't down have it to it's just not very important because you're a woman um, so I'm on I'm feeling very happy and overjoyed that I am in a happy much happier place because I was really unhappy yeah and I just thought this will be it now for the rest of my life I'll just be a bit you know I'll just have this gloomy shadow behind me and and I've got the most amazing life with the most amazing children yeah. and loving yeah. husband and this best job in the world. So. And, and it's amazing, isn't it? Because you you say that like obviously all the all the all the sort of privilege that we yes. have and and, yeah. and sort of, and even you, a, a, an educated, intelligent woman, journalist, journalist, whose think, job oh, it is to ask questions. Yeah, <laughs> would think, oh well, I guess I just put up with this. And then you think about somebody who maybe doesn't have yeah. all of those things and and isn't. Just imagine if you were working in, in, a, in a very low-paid job and you are working relentlessly mm. and you have a family to support or you're a single mum or you have serious mental health that you're doing or you're looking after your ageing parents mm. and you're doing this on mm. top. It's almost mm. impossible There is no it. space or energy or time to go and investigate yourself no. or, you, you know, your bespoke no. HRT treatment. No. It's just... It, you just can't fathom mm. why women are not better... Mm supported in yeah. this way it just feels ridiculous and you you have to you know I had to do my job and yeah. I had to do it really well because yeah. a lot of other people would want to do mm-hmm. my job and I couldn't let my team down mm-hmm. and I had to be there and functioning both for when I was at Elle and when I started at the Sunday Times sort of three and a half years ago so you pull everything you possibly can together mm-hmm. it's like that last it's having survive, done sporting yeah. things mm-hmm. it's yeah. like that last bit where you think even though my arm's broken and I can't breathe I've actually got to finish this race it's like that you've got to go in and just get Mm. it done and then go home and try and just give everything to that as Mm. well and it's I think without whinging or moaning it's quite hard it would be more helpful if if we were able to get our estrogen back up again because it's not really hormone it's about a depletion of hormones in any other ailment or illness where your hormones decrease like that they would be replaced if you had a thyroid problem yeah. or something. that's it. it's not a, it's not a complicated it's not like oh we're all sitting scratching no. eyes going what should we do about this the, the solution is there it's just getting sort of access for, yeah. for everyone it's women it's just yeah. whether women are valued in the way they should be and the whole conversation around it the narrative has to change mm. yeah ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can we talk about your family then and your children? You've got two two girls, 17 and 16. I have a, yes, son. 17, 16, 13-year-old son and then 8-year-old as well. 8-year-old Mabel, okay, all right. So I've got an 8-year-old Mabel, so... Oh, you have, my, haven't my, you? My, my, my thoughts, and, um, <laughs> thoughts and sympathies are with you. But well, she's, she's the youngest the last... of four, so she's really 12, I would say. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So parenting teens, Paul and I have got four children, three in their 20s and one left at home who is... Is, um, almost 15. Um, so parenting teens, our middle two um, children were, uh, uh, they were a nightmare, weren't they? Paul? They were an absolute nightmare. Um, <laughs> and they'll be very happy for me. They're he lovely looks now. very tired. They don't mind me. <laughs> they don't mind me saying that. But I think it feels like it feels like a very lonely place. There's lots of stuff now. I I feel for people having babies or with toddlers you know lots of social media stuff you know stuff on instagram lots and lots there to um to help them you know and to help them feel supported and be able to speak to other people but i think often the challenges of um teenagers you know they're just not cute or funny anymore the thing you know, the problems you're coming up against no. so um, my experience was nobody is sharing the you know the dark moments you know for fear of looking like a dysfunctional family. Or having failed. Yeah, and, and for having failed. And also the problems are sometimes... You big, know, like, big and risky. Yeah, so um, I guess has having teenagers felt like a massive learning curve for you? Um, yes, I think when we started Postcards from Midlife, as a podcast, we decided that we would look at the parenting from teenagers mm. very specifically. And my column in the Sunday Times magazine is, is only about parenting teenagers. That's the age group of the majority of our readers. Mm. And I thought there would be a lot of research and resources, mm. and there is no, none. nothing. There, there isn't no. because it's it incredible, a, isn't it? It's a hard time. Yeah. There's a lot of books, but you've got teenagers, you haven't got time to no. sit down and wade through a great big book on how to parent teenagers because you just want to throw it at them most <laughs> of the time or <laughs> clock them on the head with it as they walk past. So, yeah. Put the lid on the milk! <laughs> Keep shaking it all over the kitchen! <laughs> but I think what happens is we feel a little bit ashamed sometimes mm, absolutely. of what's, what's happened yeah. or what, what they've been involved in or what they've done. We feel amazingly proud mm. and watching mm. adolescence is my favourite thing on earth, just being in the kitchen with these joyous hopeful yeah. amazing young, adults, young humans yeah. who are yeah. just brilliant and wonderful and yeah. lovable and adorable but at the same time you have to help them mm. and 
they want to reject you. They yeah. don't. They want to separate from you. Yeah. And it's really that was all of this has been a massive shock because mm. again, no, <laughs> everyone says, "Oh, they're so moody. They slam doors and things." But it's more than yeah, that, it's really. Than it's that. Yeah. it's just it's just trying to help form them. And I just wasn't aware of how tough it would be on a day to day basis. Mm. And also to learn, I think that amazing thing you had on one of your podcasts mm. previously about parenting teenagers with Jean Claude, with Jean Claude, yeah. saying that actually just loving something unconditionally is mm. very difficult yeah. because you bring you into the room and you bring childhood you into the room yeah. you bring all your expectations your mm. and mm. you don't when you're a toddler you but they're a toddler you, yeah you, they, you know you're just trying to get stuff into ice cubes and freeze it and, <laughs> and stop I used to have one of mine used to lick moss off paving stones and that was be my daily worry where is she going there might be moss that she'll lick moss. off a paving stone. what would you do to worry about moss again now yeah. over like yes, pregnancy like, or exactly. drugs or whatever you know <laughs> well, but now it's harder it is and I do uh, I met a lady a few years ago in a Pilates class who was older than me who said, uh, she said two things, which were actually quite fairly miserable things, but she was quite right. Um, one was um, little children, little problems, big children, big problems. And I think she was absolutely right about that. And then the other thing she said was, you're only ever as happy as your unhappiest child. Yes, that's and true. And that is so true because, mm, mm. you know, the one that's worrying or got a problem or is unhappy is... That's the one I'm worrying about all the time and yeah. thinking about. And I think there was also when I first, probably as we we're all around the same age, that we, the parenting expertise became very child-centred mm. and there was a huge commitment to this attachment parenting theory that you would have to have them close, they would be the centre of your world. Mm. And I skin. think we, skin to skin, <laughs> we went through that with them and now it's even harder yeah. for us to work out what, what I've been solving all the problems I've been doing why are they so ungrateful yeah. why don't they want skin to skin with me I don't, yeah. I don't understand this we, I've been there I've yeah, I know. bent over backwards I've done this I've done that I can't work out where why they don't seem to react in the way I feel they might can mm. I can't they won't let me solve anything they won't let me help them no. through but it's all my fault anyway so yes. it doesn't yes. matter yeah. you know Brexit's yeah. my fault <laughs> Everything, everything. I volunteered to for a piece I was writing for the launch of Shout, the crisis text line. So this is mm. where um, anyone can text, but mostly teenagers text because they won't, um, they don't like to talk, so they won't right. call the Samaritans and things. So this was launched a year ago, last year, under the, with the Royal Foundation heads together. Um, and I, it, you can volunteer at home. You, it's brilliant for empty nesters because what you do is you do all the training online, um, supported by hundreds of experts, really high quality psychological clinical care experts. Um, and then you take texts. You can do it all on, on text. It's quite extraordinary, actually. And it's, in, it's launched in the States originally, and it has saved thousands of lives. And it's a very... You think a text won't work. How could you... But the that's training, how they communicate, You get 25 yeah. hours training for it, and it's really in-depth training. But you can do it in your own time whenever you want to do it. Um, and I did about 15 hours of training with them, and then I sat in on various Friday nights with for the piece. I was allowed to sit in for the piece. And... The kind of stuff that was coming through this epidemic of self-harm and it just it gave me a real window into how these how some of the children texting us might be behaving and enormous empathy for that, that you can really put up with quite a lot if something like this is happening. And, you know, you can't really judge a child because you just don't know their background know. and what's happening. And mm. it, just, it made me really step back from 
my children and think what's going on behind yeah. what is happening in front of me it made me like a thousand times more patient it was wow. the without a doubt in my whole career Jen, it's the most yeah. painful thing I've ever yeah. done but it really helped me and I, I don't know it's always worth I think taking a step back and maybe yeah. doing something like this because it gives you a different view of life yeah. and how all families are and you know not even families what you would call classically needy and would would reach social care or mm. would reach any kind of psychological care yeah. normal families yes. some kids so having mid, terrible middle class families probably yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. where um very high functioning children mm. are under extremely oh, sound yeah, pressure absolutely. Yeah. what was that organization called because i'm thinking people shout. might be listening to this and thinking yeah you can volunteer for shout you just go on to the website and it's you can you can take a a person from a very awful hot situation into a very mm. cool calm cold situation and for that moment you don't know who they are it's yeah. totally anonymous they don't know who you are they don't know who you are in that moment attraction. you can move them in a different direction yeah. um it's i mean the self-harm the quantity Ugh. of calls around self-harm was it was extraordinary yeah. but um and i think there's a lot of misinformation around it, it helps to sort of go through that yeah I think, yeah train but that um, well i will put that um in the show notes Back to your podcast. I like the bit at the end where you look at three things. A bit of nostalgia it's noodling. Nostalgia noodling, what you're doing and enjoying, yes. something that's impacted or changed yes. your life. Yeah. And that section always gets me Googling. The reason I watched... Um, Cheer was because of oh you. Oh my God, cheer! Because amazing. I'd heard it from other friends talking about it. And I was thinking about the uh, cheerleading, cheerleaders. Yes. And I was like, why would I want to watch that? And, I, and then you said that you'd enjoyed Pride it. And I was like, well, that's it. that then. Pride because Lorraine, 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 says Lorraine it. said it. I'm going to go and watch it. And I did. I loved it. <laughs> more um, fool you. <laughs> what, what platform is that on? Netflix. Netflix. It's Netflix. Um, but who are the mid. Are there any midlife women that you look to um, for or are inspired by, or are you? Sur- I know you're surrounded by. You've probably got a team of young people as well. Are you getting? Is yeah, there any, is I there work anyone? in a really with a really. Mm. Throughout my career, I've worked with a really good age mix of women. So, a fashion magazine can only yeah. really exist based with, with with younger, more stylish <laughs> than me. Um, clued in young women, mm. and they're brilliant and vital, and and the digital people coming through are a very different type of person, a very different type of young woman. So I tend to take inspiration Mm. from either side. We have a lot of what I call, I do a lot of what I call reverse mentoring. I just ask young women a bit more about what, how I might be as a manager of them. I mean, not everyone can like you wherever you work. That's completely understandable. You're going to jar with some people, but, but it's quite good to get in and around that. I don't know who my kind of, my role models are always sort of, slightly obscure <laughs> Antarctic <laughs> explorers or um, there's a there's a Diana Nyad is one of my big role models a swimmer who um, she was the first person to swim from Cuba to America and she got stung by a box of jellyfish attacked by a shark and she just kept swimming wow. and it was the fourth or fifth time she'd attempted it she was and her she had an extraordinary childhood as well her her story is quite an amazing she talks about this having a steel trap mind where you don't you just control your mind so so well you don't get swayed by anything that's beyond your focus and you just keep yourself positive she had a lot of anxiety and depression in her life um so I tend to veer towards mm. that and everyone's mm. quite nice aren't they you, yeah. you know there's somebody as i've got Usually. older and less stressed mm. about everything <laughs> found that you know some there are always people are always behaving in a way that is there is a reason for everything isn't yeah. there yeah yeah you never know what's 
going on with somebody. We were no. talking about that on the train mm. up here. It's sort of, um, you know, if, if somebody does cut you up uh, on the road mm. or, or, you know, doesn't smile mm. back. But there's there's normally, there's yeah. other stuff going on. It's not always just mm. them being a miserable shit, you know. Gillian Anderson was quite inspiring when I interviewed her. Yeah. She was quite... An, um, I'm quite good friends with Gwendolyn Christie, who is in... I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I was oh, largely I unaware of her. Oeuvre. She's Brianna Tarth. Oh, the, OK. Yeah, but yes, she's yeah. in a lot of plays and things like that. And she's she has a very different take on life. She's very individual and has been... Because she's very, very tall yes, and been that tall yeah. since she was a child. So it's yeah. been a... And you, she's got a quite a nice... She's one of my role models because she just seems to just go through without worrying what everyone else thinks or yeah. you know just following her career and staying friends with mm. um, I mean there are loads of women in but, STEM and do you find amazing. that there's a, a wisdom that has come to you from yes g- yeah getting older uh, you know yeah uh, more so than in your early fo- well early I've worked with some amazing amazing women who are a little bit older than me because I started so young yeah. so so a lot of my yeah. friends are quite a bit older than me because they were my bosses or right. around me and I have a, a friend who I work with on the uh, launch of the Saturday magazine the Times Saturday mm. magazine 20 years ago maybe Jill who's just been an amazingly wise yeah. mentor to wow. me over the yeah. years it's just yeah I think you do get wise you do I mean I think every day is a learning yeah. <laughs> every day I marvel yeah. at how much I don't really know <laughs> I think wow that's I never thought of that <laughs> and um, so you I've worked in lots of different organizations yeah, of and I've worked in news I've worked in fashion I've worked in beauty I've worked in various different places so it's do your you children know, appreciate how how oh, knowledgeable sake, you are. No, they think I'm a stupid idiot. <laughs> yeah, of yeah. course they do. Do you know what they call me dropout? Because I left school at 16. Oh, it's wow. It's their favourite phrase. <laughs> My son will say, I don't know, ask dropout. <laughs> So well, they think they're very Terrible. funny. Well, no wonder funny. you want to clock them over the head with no, a large yeah, book. Well, you can't help but admire their wit sometimes. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. funny. It must make, I bet it makes you laugh, really. You're not offended. I, um, I once was asked to speak at one of my daughter's schools to the sixth form to talk oh. to the older girls about a career in fashion. And without... She just looked at me, my eldest, and said, what would you know about fashion? Oh, no. <laughs> oh my God. Literally, literally my job. For the last 30 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> God. So what we always ask our guests is, what's great about this stage of your life? Well, I have been thinking about this. So what is great about this stage of my life is um, I've got a bit of a kind of couldn't give a toss attitude because I just think I've got less than half left. You know, I'm really, (laughs) there's a lot I want to do. I have not got time for moaning about things, whining about things. Don't come at me with problems. Come at me with Mm. how brilliant something could be because there's always going to be an upside yeah. somewhere isn't there mm. and also that I tend previously have only tend to look at the next 15 minutes because <laughs> any further would be quite stressful to overwhelm. contemplate <laughs> and overwhelm but now I think well I've got quite a nice thing ahead of me surely I have I can be who I want to be I don't have to I've never really worried what I look like but now I really don't have to worry about what I look like in a way I just feel like one can be more who you are mm-hmm. at this age and you just got to get the medication right (laughs) in order to not feel the stuff that's caused by the physiological thing. You can be a bit more confident and a bit more kick-ass. I Mm. hate that phrase, but it sort of sums it up in a way. That's what's been great, I think, for me. 
Wonderful. Brilliant. Can I just ask you, going to um, write and all my book? children are still alive. Yes. That's a massive bonus because there are times when I've <laughs> gone in the garden and seen one of them hanging by its jumper off a tree <laughs> while the other one's just throwing things at it. Or the hours in A and E have all been worth it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you have four, you must know this. There's one of them is always quite close to a cataclysmic danger yeah, or rotting yeah. or something like that. They used. To, I remember the girls used to put my son. Uh, when he was little, just when Mabel was, when I didn't really have my eye on them because I, I had a newborn, they used to put him in his um, toy box and throw him down the stairs. <gasps> and he would, he thought it was brilliant. It was the best thing ever. And every, every time it hit the bottom, the lid would fly off, plastic would go everywhere and he'd fly God. out. And every day I just, I would think, put them in bed and think, oh my God, we made it. Yeah, and the limbs, it's absolutely fine. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. And are you going to write a book? Trish and I are considering writing a book, actually, because I think... Together, you're going to write a book together? Well, I think nobody told us about the story, about what we were going to go through, Mm. and it's completely different for every woman. And everyone's postcard from this part of life Mm. sent back to a younger me and that's why we called it postcards, yeah. would be helpful, I think, yeah. for, for people. Make everyone think, I've not lost the plot, I'm not going mad. The fact I don't know what my surname is will pass. Yeah. And I will, it will all be fine yeah. in the yeah, end. Absolutely. And, you know, the kids are a bit difficult now, but they will be lovable again. I, everyone tells me they come back. It's so yes, lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the well, time we're, frame we, we, we can't get on with it. <laughs> you need to write it first, we're Louise. Calm do, down. <laughs> we're hoping to do it in the next... Uh, while Trish is in charge, really, I just sort of pretend I am, and she's kind of on it and with it. She's very organised, so we're hoping in the next year or so we'd yeah. like to get Brilliant. fabulous. Yeah. That would be marvellous. Thank you. Well, sorry we missed Trish, but thank you for having us. Um, yeah, thanks so much for well, thank us come you along. for contributing to the conversation as well because oh, yeah. the, your podcast is is great, and it's I listen to it on thank the way you. to work. So well, it's all all the voices together louder there's no need for uh, to be territorial around no. the subject there's enough people to listen to Everyone it there's enough shouting. voices yeah, it's I mean, not like you're going to run out of menopausal women or yeah. midlife women well, we join together we're stronger aren't but we but that's what's been really great about this bit of life as well is that I've, I think I come from a working motherhood generation where we've been a little co- too competitive mm. with each other. Mm. And it's a bit, you know, you get all those forums, places where women are, well, I breastfed till they were 10 and I did this and I did, or, you know, I got my promotion before and I went back to work after two weeks instead of one week mm. and blah, blah, blah. All of that kind fueled of... Fueled by insecurity, probably. Yes, and fueled by the fact we had to prove ourselves yeah. doubly to, to in the world, yeah. in, in often in the male world. and. Actually, getting to midlife, it's so much more collaborative. It's been... Everyone can help, and you should help other people. Yeah, I think when we're in our 30s, this is just purely my opinion, something that I've thought about quite a bit, 30s... Uh, uh, up until about maybe 42-ish, is it feels very competitive. You're like sort of going, yeah. right, I need to be friends with that person, I need to be doing that thing, I need... Yeah. Yes. And then all yeah. of a sudden it just sort of goes... Well, what I've noticed as well is that some women who are, who have been more insecure at this stage of life and, and stick more to that more competitive, mm. really miss out on the kindness of yeah, other yeah. women because they're behaving in a way that sometimes isn't... It's collaborative and yeah. still oh. stuck in that rut of well, I must be better. And I must that's do. Horrible feeling and I think it must be stressful. Yeah, to be competing. So maybe when you do reach perimenopausal, yes, you're sweating, <laughs> um, but you are uh, you, you you drop that all that insecure drop, stuff. Maybe drop it. Drop it. Yeah, mm. drop it and just try mm. and be kinder and happier and help everyone because ultimately it's. It, 
where, what are we all doing? We're all small drops in the ocean, aren't yeah. we, compared to what's going on across the rest. We messed up the planet. <laughs> Let's sort that out first and yeah. just, you know, try not to take everything personally. Mm. Well, I think the Lord's work has been done here today. I think that oh, we've... Oh, uh, yes. We've, <laughs> she would be pleased. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so Thank much. You it was so lovely much. to meet you, It was lovely to meet you. That was great. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming and podcast production. Hello, this is Rich Wilson, host of the podcast Insane in the Membrane, where we talk to funny and interesting people about men's mental health. People like James Acaster. Because we won't talk about emotions because we think that's bad. We won't talk about feelings and that's bad. So they've, they've had to rebrand it and go, it's mental health. <laughs> oh, oh, talk, oh, yeah. Gotcha. Mental. Our, our brains are so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty clever. Uh, like, like, okay, I'll get, I'll get into my mental health. Yeah, that's it. I like puzzles. <laughs> and Rob Beckett. I've never even done a school play. <laughs> I did some open mic gigs. Uh, Did the Edinburgh Fringe, got on, somehow got on the telly. And I'm in the other side of the world, in the jungle, doing nights. <laughs> following out and Beck. People like Mark Steele. I hate being at home and I didn't get on with me. My dad was in an asylum by then. I suppose we ought to talk about that, shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, given the premise of the, the podcast. Search Insane in the Membrane from wherever you get your podcasts. Brand new episodes every Thursday at 6pm. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.